Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, everyone, it is I, your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Welcome to another special bonus episode of Live from Detroit, Crossing the Streams edition where we bring you the best in TV binge-watching suggestions from across the globe. This is a special, special edition, what I like to call my celebrity edition. Dan Zare is with us today. You recognize Dan from some early episodes of Live from Detroit. He's the host and brand director of the Star Wars podcast, Coffee with Kenobi. He's a contributor to StarWars.com and IGN. He's written Star Wars books. He's just a world-renowned Star Wars expert, and I am excited to have him back on the show. We're going to talk all Star Wars TV shows, specifically The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, but then as a bonus, or rather cherry on the top, all the animated Star Wars shows you should watch that have characters that feed into those and the future live-action ones as well. It's going to be exciting. If you're like, I'm so excited, stay excited. Also remember every Wednesday we are live. You can join us live for Crossing the Streams, Wednesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Head over to YouTube, search The Jeff Duoskin Show, subscribe, and you'll be notified every time we go live. All right, we'll get ready, because this episode's coming to you from a galaxy far, far away. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy my conversation with all things Star Wars TV with Dan Zare. All right, everyone, I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. You'll love him from some of the early episodes of Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duoskin Show. Dan Zare, host of Coffee with Kenobi, one of the biggest, nay, the biggest Star Wars podcast in all the galaxy. Star Wars expert, everything Star Wars. I go to this man. Dan, what's up, buddy? What's up, Jeff? Great to see you, brother. I was just watching recently the Facebook video, live video that we did when you and I were in London at Pinewood Studios, and they were giving us our professional shaves. Remember that? <laughs> I still think of it. Remember it. We both have scruff. This is audio. That's but right. I still use the... I mean, it's been years, right? It's like five years, but I still have the, the Gillette shaving cream. Yeah, yeah. I use it today. <laughs> it's like great. It's like, because I only use it. And I always think, am I doing it right? Am I cutting my right? jaw right? Yeah. It's like, it was very, yeah. <laughs> they gave us a bunch of tips. I'm like, see, this is it. This is the way, man. Dan and I met in London. Yeah, 2016. For a Rogue One event at Pinewood Studios in London courtesy of Gillette. I've got some fancy Gillette. I got all the stuff they gave me, all the swag, all the the Star Wars razors in a box. I'll be rich. One day I'll be rich. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait. All right. So, so Dan, I'm excited to talk Star Wars with you and we're going to talk Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and then we're going to talk about all the little side Star Wars shows that feed into those so if you are needing to get your Star Wars fix on, Dan's the man, and he's going to kind of tell us what we need to watch to stay in tune. But first, I want to ask you a question. So I saw on your feed 
that you and your family, you took your family to Galaxy's Edge, the big two-day, uh, you were a big shot. You got in early. Yes. Tell me all about this $6,000 venture. So Disney invited me uh, and my family to preview Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, the new Star Wars resort. Ostensibly, it's a hotel, but it's really so much more than that. It's an immersive. The way I've been describing it to people is imagine, if you will, uh, a real-life choose-your-own-adventure slash escape room slash murder mystery, but it's all set in the world of Star Wars. They flew us out a couple days early. We got to enjoy the parks for a couple of days. Then we went on the actual Galactic Star Cruiser for two nights and three days and had the, the absolute best time. Got to experience it about a week before it was actually open to the public. And telling you what, man, it, w- it was quite an experience. We had the best time. It felt like we were living in the world of Star Wars. And my wife is not a big Star Wars fan. But as the Disney Imagineers kept telling us, this was built for Star Wars fans and for people who love people who are Star Wars fans. And it definitely checked all of those boxes. Your wife is not a Star Wars fan. That must how do you that must no. keep you up at night. <laughs> no, I don't care. I mean, she loves all the cool things it's done for our family, but you know, she she likes it that it makes me and, and the kids happy. You know, she gets it and she respects it, but it's not like she's quoting Darth Vader or anything anytime soon. <laughs> Totally cool. So Dan is like on a scale of one to a hundred would be like 110 in terms of Star Wars and Star Wars knowledge. I'm going to sit, I'm going to put myself around 20 to 30. No, no, no. Real you're, active you're, fan. Real head. Yeah. I like, fan. I saw Star Wars for my birthday, you know, when I was seven, you know what I mean? So like I'm a lifelong fan, but in terms of knowing every little nuance and bit, Dan is, is world renowned expert on all things <laughs> Star Wars. So last time you were here, actually, I think, I can't remember if it was coming out or just maybe that we talked about The Mandalorian. Yeah. The Mandalorian, which is a must-see show on Disney+. Plus. I think it's... Agreed. And this was the first live-action Star Wars show, right? Yes, the first live-action television show. I think The Mandalorian was amazing. And I, my wife also, not huge in the Star Wars either. She likes it, but, you know, when she kind of caught wind of it, I ended up having to watch the whole thing again because it, it it appealed to her as well, which I think is a good sign when a show can kind of cross. I remember Heroes. Remember Heroes? Yeah. Like that was a show about you know superheroes are real geeked out. My wife loved season one. They kind of lost her after that. Season one was loved. great, and then it really went yeah. downhill quickly. Mandalorian season one and season two, I think, amazing. And I think- great. I mean, even my wife loves season one as well. And she's, not, again, not a big Star Wars fan, but she loved it. She loved Grogu. Uh, she loved, you know, the excitement. Because every that was what a cool thing. And I feel like Disney Plus kind of revolutionized the streaming service platform concept because instead of everything dropping at once, you know, I think we talked about this before with Stranger Things drops, at least previous seasons. It's great. It's exciting. And after about a week to 10 days, it fizzles out. But Mandalorian had a really long burn for a couple of months because every week was new stuff. And now other streaming services are going to that because it was so successful. And it gets people excited for a really long time. And like you said, if you can bring people in who are not big fans of a genre, but they want to watch it, WandaVision for Marvel is a great example of that too. Then you've got something really special. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yes, that's a great example, too. And I, I'm a big fan of the week by week and having the focused water cooler talk. Otherwise, you can't discuss things. That's why they kind of fizzle out. Well, right. you're on. Oh, uh, oh, wait. Oh, I finished. Oh, I'm only on episode five. Yeah, uh-huh. I can't talk about it. There's something about especially in, in this age now where we're all home most of the time. It's like to be able to create something where we're all in pace on something I think is important. thing I loved most about The Mandalorian, and I'm, I'm going to guess you're not going to agree with this, is I <laughs> I love that it wasn't a Luke Skywalker story, yet at the end they somebody said, we got to bring him in. We got to make this about the Skywalkers. <laughs> and I know originally, well, the fake out I think originally was going to be, it was supposed to be a different Jedi that came and got Grogu, but then the big reveal that it was Luke Skywalker. I would have been happier, in my opinion, if they had just let a different actor play Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, they did it with Han, Han Solo, right? Right. And just try to go through this whole, this is literally Mark Hamill. Right. You know, I, I don't disagree with you, but I will say, I thought the special effects were great. And then when we saw Luke again in the book of Boba Fett, the special effects were even better and, you know, I would agree, like, Alden Ehrenreich was a great ha- young Han Solo, and I, I would have been more than happy to see a new actor play Luke, because that means we could have more Luke Skywalker adventures when he's in that post-Return of the Jedi, where he's very much growing in the Force and is very, very powerful, but still has a lot to learn. So, you know, it didn't bother me. I, I loved I mean, that moment was spectacular in our household. And, you know, when I went to, I'm a teacher in my day job, and when I went to school, people were freaking out there as well. And we had the best time with it. And, and I don't know, I, I agree with you, I would have wouldn't have minded to see an actor, but I thought they pulled it off beautifully. And when you watch the behind the scenes stuff on Disney Plus, isn't it staggering and just mind blowing how they're able to do this kind of technology? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's scary, the whole deep yeah. te- technology. But I That's agree crazy. with you. I think long term, they traded like a, an immediate shock value for giving up the fact that they could make with ease new Luke Skywalker adventures and maybe even bring and bring whomever in. But honestly, having Mar- as long as you can use Mark Hamill, you got to use Mark Hamill. He's, he's a treasure. <laughs> yeah, Mark Hamill could have played a different character, too. And I think everyone would have. Yeah. Really? And he true. does, right? I mean, he's got a voice and everything. Anyway. His voice is a lot I, of stuff. I think it's their crutch that everything has to be the Luke Skywalker story, though. And because you have this entire galaxy where they, they're too afraid to do stories that don't somehow include that Skywalker thread. Interesting. See, I don't find that at all. I mean, I feel like that was the reason you use Luke is because you, who else? If there is someone that is that important to Grogu, if they've got to find the best Jedi out there, well, in the timeline, Luke is around. So if they didn't, it would feel a little bit like they didn't quite understand their Star Wars. So I think from that perspective, they had to, but they could have made it work without him because they could have used Ahsoka or something like that. But I feel like the Mandalorian his I won't say he's eclipsed Luke Skywalker because time-wise that doesn't seem possible because Luke's been around since 77. But the Mandalorian is so popular and he sells so much merchandise and people love him. There are plenty of students that I have who don't really care about Luke, but they love Din Djarin. They love the Mandalorian. So I feel like they've done a really good job of going away from that. Uh, I mean, Luke is the icing on the cake, but the cake is still pretty good without him. I don't disagree that it was it was cool and that 
But when sure. you do introduce like Luke Skywalker to counter your point for one second, you then create all these, oh, is that the Jedi Temple? If that's a Jedi Temple, then Grogu must have been killed by Kylo but Ren. Because right? everyone well, that's no, I'm right. saying like but you start to create all these uh-huh. new Oh sure scenarios or fan things. angst. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, right. Because you can you can inadvertently break the timeline by just doing something right. that seems like, you know, an exciting fan service type thing. So the Mandalorian ends with Boba Fett killing season two with him killing Bib Fortuna and taking over the Jabba mm-hmm. the Hutt territory. Right. What did you overall think of the book of Boba Fett? Overall, I liked it. I didn't love it. And I think it was sort of a victim of the success of the Mandalorian, which is ironic because Boba Fett inspired the Mandalorian who became more popular than Boba Fett. And then people wanted more Mandalorian than they did Boba Fett. And then when we got Boba Fett, it wasn't the Boba Fett that they necessarily were expecting. But I said this on my show, expectation without regulation equals fan constipation. So you got to you gotta curb your enthusiasm and just sort of see where the storytellers are going to take the story that they're going to do it. And, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, mostly John Favreau, John Favreau wrote every single episode, I believe. And then he and Filoni wrote the one with Luke. But these guys know what they're doing. And I, I'm not a huge Boba Fett fan to begin with. So the fact that... The Mandalorian was the main character for two of the seven episodes. Didn't bother me at all. I loved it. I thought it was great. In fact, I did a thread about this on Twitter that I believe you saw. Where if it's if it's truly the book of Boba Fett, and we're to believe that these are chapters, and that's how they are titled, then in a book, the protagonist isn't featured in every single chapter. They're just not. So it made sense because the Mandalorian was an important aspect of Boba Fett's story at the end of that season. So it worked for me. I mean, if I had to give the whole season a letter grade, I'd probably give it a about an 83% B, a, a, a very low B is what I would give it. I liked it a lot. It was very fun. But if, if the Mandalorian is the bar, it's not even close to that. I will agree with you on that letter grade. That felt right. That felt mm-hmm. right. I think if you had gone to 85, I would have jumped all over you. But no, it's 83. Too high. Yeah. 83. So I think the issue with, and you're right, we talked a little bit about this in Twitter DM, but like, to me, they set the expectations wrong, right? They started it at the end of season two of Mandalorian with him doing a murder mm-hmm. and taking over the throne, Jabba's old throne. Right. But then the show, I'm not a fan, and this is what I don't like about the prequels and okay. I didn't love about the Han Solo movie in general, is I'm not a fan of what I call home movie movies. Some things are best left in our imaginations, right? I agree with that. Like Jaws. Jaws is powerful because you don't see him very much. Less Darth Vader is more. Right. Well, but even just like there's lore, right? Like with Solo, we, everyone in our head understands uh, the Kessel Run, right? So to see it, it can only disappoint, right? Well, I'm just saying, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, or just any of those things, like how San Solo got his name. Like, like, none of these, to like start to like have to create all these dots, you know, to connect. It seems like it's just, you know, like, oh, Darth Vader made C-3PO. All the Yeah, let imagination kind of do its thing. and, and, and it's That's what okay I'm saying, but then you remove the, the imagination once you make a literal. Right. No, I agree. I, I don't I don't necessarily need that either. Some stories, it's better to just leave them into, our, into the ether and just let us kind of speculate for the rest of our lives. So in Book of Boba Fett, I think they nailed, nailed 100%. Exceeded my expectations of him in the Sarlacc pit getting out. Okay? That I'll, really? ta- that I'll say. That was... Mm-hmm. But I was also I don't I don't know that you could have screwed that up, right? I think they they I'm sure you could have, but they it they did that quickly, really really well. But it worked, yeah, yeah, it worked, right? But then it became old man and long johns. <laughs> that 
See, the, all this <laughs> stuff with him and the Tuscans I thought was brilliant. I wish I got more of that unless because I don't really care about the crime world of Star Wars. I liked him establishing a culture and showing that the that the Tuscan Raiders were not actually savages. They were actually people who had a specific culture and a way of life. And they were just trying to live, and people kept coming in and taking things from them, like Native American Indians or other parts of the world, too. I found it quite prescient and really, 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 really smart. That's one of the things I've always liked about Star Wars or really good fiction is that, as Mark Twain says, fiction is obliged to tell the truth. You're able to tell really powerful stories about the real world through the lens of fiction because you're able to put people's guard down and possibly open up the idea to real conversation. I thought that part was smart. You're brilliant, and I feel bad even just saying this, but like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I liked those backstories, but I don't think yeah. it did anything to make... I, I enjoyed them for exactly what you said. It was really cool to be able to see Tusken Raiders in a new light, mm. but I think that was like multiple episodes, and it didn't Two. do anything to like build Boba Fett as like this badass, right? No, it it's didn't. Like, if anything, it watered him down. Yeah, it humanized him a little too much, mm-hmm. and... You know, then when you when he wasn't wearing the helmet, it's like the helmet's what makes him Boba Fett to me. Like that's why right. the Mandalorian is so Mando is so cool. Mm-hmm. And so now Fennec Shand is she's a badass. Ming Na Wen. Ming Na Wen, yeah. We had her on the she show. She is a badass. You had her, you had her on your show? I did. Mm-hmm. That was cool. <laughs> no, I'm so she jealous. Was super cool. I mean, but she's just like even in like Agents of Shield, I mean, she's just a natural badass. Like Agreed. <laughs> she's got a real presence about her. Yeah, I feel like she yeah. was underused in this series too, though. She was like the muscle. She was like the mm-hmm. badass part of what you would have hoped Boba Fett would have been, but he kind of delegated it all to her. Like at right. the end when they had that Godfather, the end of the Godfather uh-huh. scene where, uh-huh. where she kills everyone. <laughs> That's right. It reminded me of Casino or something like that. Like I wondered where uh, Danny Trejo went, you know, like in the, uh-huh. in the past that first uh, episode. Uh, where the they rancor. introduced him, especially when the Rancor became so powerful. I wonder how the the twins knew that there was no Rancor. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> because it, they made a big deal that they thought there was a Rancor. And then it was like, anyway. But it's hard for me not to enjoy stuff. And I love like when the fans like get upset about like those speeders. I, I did think immediately, oh, Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. What were they called? Um, like the mechs or something like that? I can't remember. It was something like because they were uh, enhanced, yeah. right? And, yes. Um, I think the end too of that show is like I, it's interesting because in Solo they introduced I think really well because I didn't really know much about it and is the whole crime syndicate type stuff and oh yeah the Pikes and this one it, it just seemed like they shouldn't have won. <laughs> it's like there's I can suspend my disbelief, but then there's also ten people fighting an entire army. That, right. You know what I mean, it's just like. There was something about it. And then killing off that one, uh, oh my God, what was that? The Clint Eastwood Cat character. Bain? Oh my God. Why kill off the coolest? Oh, character? I love Why did him. they do that? He is so Why cool. did they do that? They did that with uh, Maul. I know they brought him back later, but like, it's like, oh. Well, Cad Bane in the, in the story has been around since well before the Clone Wars. So that was like a 35 plus years before this event happened. So he's been around a long time. Oh, but not in. In Jeff Land. Yeah, like well, why introduce him and then kill yeah. him right off? You know? If you like him, you should see him. He's in Clone, a bunch of episodes of Clone Wars. He's in the Bad Batch. He's in a lot of stuff. He's great, and it's the same voice actor Corey Burton, who's brilliant. So, all right. So, speaking of Bad Batch and and those, what what are the shows that we need to watch in the animated series that mm-hmm. feed into these? Like, I know, like uh, Boca Katan. You know, like 
you know, yeah. the, the, a lot of these characters, even like uh, uh, Ahsoka comes from like Clone sure. Wars and stuff. Right. So I what mean, are the what are the ones that we need to like really kind of hunker down and, and watch? I mean, honestly, the absolute I would put it on a level with the Mandalorian is Star Wars Rebels. It's four seasons. The four seasons isn't as long as the other three seasons. But to me, Star Wars Rebels is about the peak of Star Wars excellence as far as mythology goes. Maul is in it. Ahsoka is in it. Uh, there's some great new characters that are in it. Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, voices Kanan Jarrus, who's a Jedi. He was described as a cowboy Jedi. He ended up being one of my favorite characters in all of fiction, not just Star Wars. He's just very, very cool. He has his own real struggles. Uh, you've got, my gosh, I can't think of the name of the actor, but the Bendu is a is voiced by T- Tom. Uh, he's one of he's one of the original Doctor Who's. Can't think of his name now, but he, he has a lot of clout in the world of science fiction. Uh, but it's just great, and it leads right up to. Oh, not right up to A New Hope because that's where Rogue One is, but it helps build the formation. It takes place, the first season takes place, uh, I believe, four years before A New Hope. And then every season it gets closer and closer to A New Hope. So you see the Rebellion come together. You meet Mon Mothma. Uh, you see um, Saw Gerrera, who's from Rogue One, played by Forrest Whitaker. You get all these really great things in it. So to me, Rebels is is the way to go. And I think that's going to have, a, those characters are going to have a big impact on the upcoming Ahsoka series that's coming out next year. And then there are several seasons of Clone Wars. I'd say the last three seasons of Clone Wars are very, very, very strong. The first three are good. Some are, some episodes are better than others, but the last couple of ep- seasons of Clone Wars are absolutely brilliant. And a lot of those characters are going to have a big impact on the Disney Plus stuff as well. And what is Bad Batch and Visions? So Bad Batch takes place at the end of Clone Wars. There, there are four clones that have uh, a mutation to them where they have basically enhanced abilities. Like one is really, really strong. One's really good at, with electronics and mechanical things. One is is a really good tracker. One is a really good sharpshooter. They have kind of their own little enhanced abilities. And they figure out, along with some other clones, that Order 66, there is a chip that the clones have. So they have to figure out how to get those out. And they're sort of on the run. They're kind of like, sort of like the A-team in space, sort of. Got it. They run into Cad Bane. They run into Fennec Shand. They run into a lot of stuff. They run into um, a female clone named Omega. And there's just a lot of cool things that happen that shows the end of Kamino, which is where all the clones are created in Attack of the Clones. It just basically starts it's right after the Clone Wars. And it's really, really fun. It's not as good as Rebels. But not too many things are as good as Rebels. Got it. You're filling up my dance card here with all this TV. All right, so yes, you're welcome. There's a lot of live action coming down yes. the pipe as well. So I'm very excited for Obi Wan Kenobi. Me too. Do you think that's going to be just a one seasoner, like just a like an eight episode? Yeah, I think it's going to be six episodes unless they've changed it. But I think it's just going to be a one season. You've been able to get Ewan McGregor. As Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hayden Christensen is going to play Darth Vader. I mean, do I even need to go on? That's a pretty great dynamic right there as well. But it takes place, they announced recently, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So that kind of gives you the time frame. Because Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is a 19-year gap in story. So Kenobi is going to be 9 years before A New Hope, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. And I heard a uh, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon rumor. Qui-Gon. Oh, I, I don't do rumors, Qui-Gon so don't tell rumor. me. Yeah, you don't do ru- I don't do rumors. I don't. That's I one. try to avoid all that. Yeah. I just happen to like to see it. But there was a rumor that Han Solo was going to be in Book of Boba Fett, so that didn't. That didn't. Yeah, happen. I was going to say how'd that work out? 
and then Andor looks pretty amazing. I, I mm. Andor is like the prequel to Rogue One. Uh huh. Prequel to it's with Cassian Andor. He is a fulcrum for the rebellion. You see that a lot in Star Wars Rebels too. And so yeah, it's very it's going to be very spy heavy. I think. Then of course Ahsoka. That that one's probably going to be every cameo. Insanely part. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Yeah. She's like in everything lately. She was like in every Marvel show too. Mm-hmm. Daredevil. <laughs> and then there was a, some that I don't like. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce. Acolyte. Acolyte. Oh, Acolyte. Yeah, that. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. That there's a there's a book series that takes place a couple hundred years before the Phantom Menace, where the the Jedi are in there, in all their glory, and the Acolyte pulls the story of the Sith, kind of coming into the world of the High Republic. You asked me earlier about Star Wars Visions. That was eight anime episodes. They're not canonical Star Wars. They're just fun and different, illustrious Japanese anime directors and creators. Got to play in the Star Wars sandbox, and there there's some really really fun Star Wars in those. So that's just cool Star Wars, but not cool Star Wars anime. anime. That's right. Not going to prep me for the Lando series. No, it is not. Which we haven't heard anything about since that was announced. uh, What a year and a half ago. Right, and Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah. Some of these may never get made anyway, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. So Mandalorian season three, which if you don't, (laughs) I think they should have called the book of, to your earlier point, they should have called it the Mandalorian season three, the book of Boba Fett. I think that would have made everyone happy. Like if it wasn't just a separate series, because it really wasn't a separate series. Like you said, you know, like almost not a third, but almost a third of it was the Mandalorian. Yeah. But I didn't complain. I mean, heck, they could have called it Let's Eat Spaghetti. I wouldn't have cared because I wanted to see the Mandalorian. So to get to see so much time with him and Grogu and see the reunion, I loved it. No, I loved that. But right. But that's where the disconnect comes. The best episodes sure. of the Book of Boba Fett were Mandalorian episodes. Because the Mandalorian just a better character. You know, Boba Fett is not a, a dynamic uh, round character. He's static. He's flat. There's really not a ton to him. So to me, they got as much as they could have out of the character the way he's created now anyway. But they could have done that. It wasn't that the point that's of the true. series. That was, I thought, you know, the point. That's where Favreau, I think, failed on this one. Minor, minorly failed. Eighty-three out of hundred. Yeah, fair. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a lot of Star Wars. That's that's uh, that's some good stuff. And then I do want to say that I think the big winner is Bryce Howard. Seems to be. The oh big yeah, winner Bryce Howard. Howard. She's great. Mm-hmm. Her episode. Which was the Mandalorian episode, I think. Yep, but, it was the first one with Mando. But crushed, and but even her Mandalorian episodes, crushed. Great. I thought she's great. I mean, like the apple does not fall from the from the tree. No, uh, no, there's there's some pedigree there, some real talent there. So I, I there's an online thing where everyone's like, "She should I get her own movie, her own trilogy?" Blah blah blah. Oh so, yeah, that'll be fine with me. I do not disagree. All right. Well, this was fun catching up with Star Wars. Dan, tell everyone about like your podcast real quick and your Dan Z website, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Thanks, man. Well, uh, Coffee with Kenobi is comes out twice a week, every Monday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time is our live show at coffeewithkenobi.com slash Live. Or just go to Facebook and find Coffee with Kenobi. We're all over social media. Uh, if you are interested in, in stars, I've written a couple of books for Lucasfilm. One is the Star Wars book. Another is the Star Wars character encyclopedia. And then in May, coming out early May, is a new book that I have co-written with Amy Cow called Star Wars. Darth Vader, I Am Your Father, Lessons for Parents, Mentors, and Teachers. 
which is which is fun, you know, taking little things from Star Wars and trying to impart some pearls of wisdom from these fictional characters that we love so well. Uh, if you want to chat with me, it's at Mr. Zer, M-R-Z-E-H-R on Twitter. And then if you have a podcast or a blog or want to start one, you can reach out to me at danzymedia.com and I can help you expand your brand or help you get your process started. Amazing. Danzy is the man, everyone. It's good hanging out with you. Again, yeah, this now ties brother. you. This now ties you for three appearances oh. Oh, on cool. the podcast. So you and Jackie, the joke man, Martling, three appearances each. It's like a no prize. That's good. <laughs> I will take it, man. I will take it. Oh, we know Billy Van Zant's been on three times too. So oh, cool. there's three, three for it's three. Good company. That's that's good company. That's good. Yeah, company. I'm honored. I, it's all, I'm always happy to chat with you, brother. As I miss being able to hang out with you. So hopefully someday soon we can do that. That would be amazing. I mean, you could have invited me to Galaxy's Edge with you, but I understand. That's true. You want to take your wife that didn't My like wife's Star a little bit cuter. Totally cool. Yeah, totally yeah. cool. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. There you go. The ultimate guide to Star Wars TV. So now you got plenty of homework. Grab your remote, settle into your favorite part of the couch, cross your own streams, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.